What's up, everybody? You know it's time for another Ghost Cult podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with Seb Thompson from Baroness, talking all about their brand new record, Golden Gray. Check it out. Seb from Baroness, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Such a pleasure to have you. So stoked on the recent release of Golden Gray. Amazing work. Congratulations. Awesome. Thank you. We, Glad you like it. Uh, yeah, I loved it, actually. we were. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be at the record release in Brooklyn at Rough Trade. The second seemed like a deja vu from the first one, like the, the last one with Bar- uh, Purple. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, deja vu all over again, as they say. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's especially nice for me to do it there because I live like a five-minute walk from from Rough Trade, so it's it's like a it's like a little you know hometown show for me kind of awesome. or not kind of it is <laughs> yeah for sure and then uh and then the art exhibition right after which was also a tremendous amount of fun uh yeah that's great with a lot of shenanigans uh going on that yeah. night <laughs> um but yeah just uh wanted to settle down and talk to you about the new record versus purple which was your first record with the band and maybe some of the differences and similarities that went into making those records for you yeah, I mean, there were there was actually a lot of differences. I mean, I think, but the obvious difference is that Purple was my first album with Baroness, and also Nick Jost, the bass player's first album with Baroness. So we our attitude was a little different. We were trying to you know find our feet and trying to find where our place in the band was as musicians, as as collaborators, all that kind of stuff. And um, the other difference, though, is that we. I mean, I think this is true of every band that you sort of react to the previous album. And at least I think Nick and mine, I think our attitude was like, we were very excited to join Baroness and to really make a rock album in the Baroness style. So I think we were a a small influence in making it more concise than, than Yellow and Green was. Yellow and Green was you know, a pretty expensive experimental album for the band. And I think maybe John and Pete felt like reacting to that. And I think maybe Nick and I felt like reacting to it too. So we made this very sort of, I think, tight album. You know, it's short, it's to the, it's to the point. It's, you know, and, uh, and we also wrote almost all of it in our home studio. So we were very, very prepared when we got to the studio, when we when we started working with Dave Fredman, our producer. And pretty much everything I just said is not the case on Golden Grey. On Golden Grey, we felt much more at home, obviously, in the band because it had been a couple of years and we had an album under our belts. And we also musically felt way more sort of accepting of different influences and different ideas. And by us, I mean all of us, not just Nick and myself, who were the two guys. Uh, and uh, the other difference is that we wrote a lot of it in the studio. So that, that resulted in something very different. And of course, the really obvious difference is we had, once again, a new member, Gina. So that added a whole new uh, you know, variable to the, to the formula. Well, change is good, and Gina's been a fantastic addition. She's wonderful. And uh, I am glad that you mentioned Nick a lot because I do feel like it's almost a lost art of bassists and drummers locking in together and playing 
an actual rhythm section in a rock band. We kind of went out of yes. with that heavy metal and heavy rock and stoner rock and all the other genre things that a band like Baroness can touch on. I feel like in the modern context, we've lost a little bit of that. You know, that riff has been the almighty thing. And now we, we I, I love that Golden Gray has seen the two of you guys kind of bring, yeah. bring this. Thing. No, I, 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 I agree. I think, I think, you know, the more modern thing is guitar and drums blocking in as sort of like a, a a unit and and the bass is sometimes just you know playing the roots and you know but uh but i think our attitude is maybe a little kind of i don't want to i mean maybe old-fashioned but like there's there's a there's more of like a maybe a classic rock attitude or maybe more of like a sort of like a 70s you know fusion vibe happening where it's like we yeah we we do like to think of it as a as a as a unit and uh yeah you i think i think you're right i think that gets lost in a lot of contemporary you know heavy heavy music right on and i think a little bit further on from that a thing that i revisiting golden gray a few months after listening to nothing but that for june basically was my june soundtrack um nice. i think coming yeah of course i think coming back to the record uh to prepare to chat with you i really find a lot of weirdly a lot of your work in trans am and even publicist kind of popping in to the songs and i i know you play whatever's called for or whatever's needed but it feels very also in, in addition to very heavy rock but also very dancey and i hear a lot of yeah. sort of stoner vibes and and other things yeah. too of course you know there's like a gravity blast beat in there on one on borderlines yeah. and there's all kinds of cool stuff but how did you kind of uh kind of bring in some of that stuff well, it's interesting you say that because I was talking about the differences between purple and gold and gray, and the more specific thing I didn't mention is what you were just talking about, which is that when I joined the band, I I really was concerned with keeping a certain, you know, tradition in the band and and continuing a certain sound and not trying to recreate it, you know, from the from the ground up. Because Alan is an amazing drummer, and I, it was a really awesome, fun challenge to learn his parts. And I, I, I realized that like the point of me joining Baroness was not to be like, okay, now it's something totally different. I wanted to continue the arc that the band was on. So on purple, I really, you know, I, I, I wasn't, I was not really trying to add too much of maybe the trans am influence, but when we got to golden gray, I was like, you know what, let's, let's, I think I can start sneak some of that, in, some of that in now. And I think it will be a, a, a sort of interesting combination. And, uh, and yeah, and like I, I've I've heard that comment before, and I think I, I think it works. I mean, I think uh, you know some of the some of the, the Trans Am stuff is very sort of crowd crowd rock influenced, and that's something that everybody in this band is really into. So I think I think it was appropriate. Word. I, I know you're a big fan of uh, Can. That's a band you and I talked yeah. about when I saw you. I love that band, and I yeah. and I and I was a fan. I love Trans Am. I, I, I'm I'm thrilled you're in Baroness though. Um, Oh, nice! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, those those projects are great, and I think that I think you got to be put bring in a little more of yourself into this album at the same time, which I think is really sweet. Yeah, and, and I think I think the other thing is like I think we brought in a little more of a rhythm focus on this album, a little bit more of a head bobbing thing, you know. Yeah, there's definitely I, 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 yeah. I think that's something that that 
uh, a, a, little, a little bit more repetition than than it was in, in on past albums, which I, which I think has its own strengths and interests. And, and I think it really works well with Baroness because John is such a, and now John and Gina, like they're very uh, sort of like, it's it's very harmonically dense and very advanced, and there's a lot of changes all the time, which is amazing. But then when you do stay on something for a little bit and repeat just for it, it's, it's such a nice contrast to go back and forth, you know? Right on. And then I think as a, a, an additional kind of flavor that comes in is uh, some of these songs have fantastic kind of codas and outros and other interesting parts, not like verse, chorus, verse. And Baroness has never been a typical verse, chorus, verse band. But I love right. I love like there's a very sort of late era Zeppelin late era who thing going on on some of the tracks on, on Golden Grey. I don't think it's that. That, that is amazing that, that you mentioned that. Nobody's ever said that, but I have to say that like, uh, Eminence Front by Late Era Who is one of my favorite tracks, and I and I love I love the sort of the vibe on that song. And then one song that I did reference a couple of times while we were working on Golden Grey is you know that song, Carcelambra uh, on Into the Outdoor. Of course. So do you remember the? the it's, it's in three parts, and the last part has that. Down, down, down. I kept on like referencing that when we were recording the album. So that's a that's a good uh good ear that you pick up on that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's such a weird that's part of that song is so bizarre. It's like a strange keyboard. It's very bizarre. Solo. It's like a keyboard solo where the guitar solo would normally be in a Zeppelin song. It's great. Yes, it's very bizarre. Uh, and, you know, I think it says a lot about you. You play with a lot of swing and I think you play with a lot of feel. And, uh, you know, there are different kinds of drummers. We were just talking about two of the, you know, some of the best drummers ever right there, Bonham and Keith Moon, rest in peace, yeah. guys. But I do feel like you play with a lot of feel and swing that, you know, it's like kind of a gone, a lost art a little bit from drum modern. Again, I keep going back to that theme. Yeah, I I, I you're saying it's like people are, I mean, it's, it's really interesting because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit older than a lot of people that you see playing on stage. I've been doing this for a while. And when I was coming up, like, you know, like the level of playing, you know, I was playing in like, in like the DC hardcore scene and stuff like that. And the level of, of playing on drums, for example, was okay but like but nowadays like people going to a music school is considered a normal thing to do for example back when i started that was like a really bizarre thing to do like it, it, it was not an option you just taught yourself and you played with your friends and you got in the van and you went on tour and the, the level of playing has gotten so advanced now that i do think sometimes that people have lost you know what was the the forest for the trees you know what I'm saying? Like people have this crazy technique now and they're so good, but sometimes the music they're making with it, it's like they've kind of lost what what is the point of this beat that I'm playing. Hmm. Interesting point. Uh, do you think that some of that uh, for yourself comes from just you have a very unique style of playing, I think lefty and a sort of minimalist kind of approach to the kit and things like that? Do you think that also affects things? I mean, I think I think for me, the thing is that like a, a lot of, a lot of the drummers that I admire are not, it's not because like they're the technically the most proficient or the shreddiest. It's just because of the music they make is really amazing. Like for example, there's that band, the DAF from the late seventies and eighties in Germany. And, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gabi something. He's the main guy, but he does the keyboards and the, and the synths. And he plays these really simple beats that just sound 
amazing because they're, they're played with the right amount of attitude and the right pitch, and he hits the drums the right way, and it's completely convincing. And then I'll see like somebody on YouTube trying to explain like a Stuart Copeland beat, and they're like barely tapping the drums, and I'm I'm thinking to myself, they're kind of missing the whole point here. Like, yeah, you got the sheet music right, but you're missing everything else. And so it's really about like what what it's music. You know, a drummer is a musician. You're supposed to be making music. You're not supposed to be doing an exercise, you know? Right on. I, I know uh, this is kind of a sidebar, but I know that Baroness has never really been a band that does covers. And I'm sure that if you ask John, his preference would be to do something hardcore cover, like Drop Dead or something. <laughs> but I would love to see Baroness's take on a police song. Well, that's awesome they mentioned that because I do I do love Stuart Copeland and I don't really play like him, but he 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 is I wish I could, but he is kind of what I what I was talking about is that he he's making music when he plays drums. It's, you immediately recognize him, and some drummers think he's like it's like not that hard, but he, if you try to play along with what he's playing, it's really bizarre the way the way he places things and where he puts the accents and when he and specifically where he leaves things out is really bizarre and it makes him. A great musician, more than just a great drummer. I love it. I always felt that uh, I mentioned before. I always felt that uh, Stuart Copeland played drums like a bass player plays bass. I mentioned I have a bit affinity for bass and uh, sort of space. Right, is a thing for bassists. Yeah, uh, and not enough for drummers because drummers are like singers. How do I fill up every measure with a with a part? But right, very well said. Yeah, he leaves all these all these weird cool gaps. It's all, it's great. <laughs> Right on. So uh, the summer is over. You guys did a, a brief run of tour dates, and now you're heading out again overseas. Uh, what else is on the horizon for you guys? So yeah, so we got a really busy, uh, busy year coming up. We go to Bogota, Colombia this weekend, and then we rehearse a bit. Then I go to a friend's wedding. Then we rehearse a bit, and then we go on a ten week European tour, uh, opening for Volbeat, which is going to be sick because they're pretty successful and <laughs> so we're going to be playing arenas so that's going to be really fun i'm excited for that and then so next year we don't really have the specifics yet but first of all we need to do a baroness headlining golden gray tour in america because we did excuse me we did a co-headlining tour with death heaven this spring which was amazing i love those guys it was like one of the most fun tours i've ever been on but the album wasn't out yet, first of all, and second of all, it was a co-headline. So we need to do like a, a headline tour of the major markets because the, the second tour we did was the cities we didn't hit with Death Hut. So that was just basically there's some a lot of cities we need to play once you know Golden Gray's out and us headlining. So that's the first thing. There's also been talk about maybe possibly Japan and maybe possibly going back to South America. So all very exciting stuff. Amazing. I have a weird experience. My very first time seeing Baroness was at a big festival. And I think Red had been out for about a year. And everybody in the place it was before Blue. And everybody in the place had been sing, like sang Isaac for the closer. And like, you know, oh, yeah. a thousand metalheads screaming back at John. And I can't wait to see video or see you guys in an arena someday and see like 10,000 people screaming back at you like Borderlines. That would be I'm, so amazing. I would be stoked on that. It's funny you mention that also because that we almost always still close with that song. <laughs> Even now, I I'm pretty sure John just told me that Red, I think the anniversary is today and I think it's 12 years old. Wow. Yep. 
amazing. So, but yeah, that, that, that song definitely has legs, which is awesome. For sure. Seb from Baroness, man. Thank you so much for hanging out and talking a lot of drum stuff, which I don't get the My pleasure. I don't get the pleasure of talking a lot of drum stuff. So I was really great to chat with you today. Best of luck. Thank you for letting me talk about drum stuff. (laughs) Yeah, man. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing you again soon in Brooklyn. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.